Happy five, you motherfucking bitch-ass bitch. Please play some good music. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. How are all my blessed and highly favored people doing today? I hope you're all doing well. Happy April to you all. Well, yes, we're in another month. And I don't know if I sound a little anxious or out of sorts. But that's just because, of course, you know, every time I come into this studio, it's like a new adventure to me. Although I've been doing this for a long time, 
I still don't know everything on the keyboard. And not that I need to know it because there's things that I don't have to touch. There's just certain buttons that, you know, those are the only things I have to worry about and touch it. But today I decided to venture and there is this uh, program on the computer that you can back up your show as you're doing it. But it, it backs up anyway. It backs up automatically for the radio station, but they have this program here where you can back it up for yourself and take it with you to go. So I used to use it in the beginning. They trained me on it, but I hadn't used it in a long time, you know, since the pandemic and everything. And now today I saw it again and I was like, oh, let me try this. Wrong move. So now I'm all over the place. It is recording. I do have it to record. But of course, you know, it still had me a little flustered because I'm like, okay, how do I get here? What am I doing here? But anyway, happy April to you all. We are two weeks away from the holiest time of the year in the Christian religion. The resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right? Easter is right around the corner. I mean, who knew Easter was going to be right around the corner, right? But also, it's Ramadan, the holy month for Muslims. And in this month, we also have Passover. So April, this April is a very sacred month, to say the least. And each religion is going to be giving honor to God in their own unique way with their own beliefs and practices. But all will be giving honor to God nonetheless. So that's what we need to keep in mind. This month, we can probably get a lot of things accomplished if we were all praying in unity. Just think about that. This is the month in the Christian religion that we have God who made himself in the image of man so that he could walk amongst his creations to get a better understanding of them in order to bring them back into fellowship with himself. Now I ask you, who's better than God? Nobody. There is none like him, and he is God all by himself. And we'll speak about the plan. We'll speak about the plan that he put in place to reunite his people, his creatures, mankind back to him. But before we get into that, before we get into the plan, we got to figure out why the plan had to take place. So... We ended Women's History Month talking about the role of women as God originally intended. And today we're going to speak about the role of man as God originally intended. So today's topic is Adam, the man created in the image of God. And of course, in order for us to fully understand who Adam was, we have to start at the beginning. And for those of you who haven't been following the show or if you're new to the show this morning, you can pick it up. The You can pick up the uh, last week's show or any of my shows on RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Go to my show page, What Would Kay Say? And all my archive shows are there from the beginning. You can pick them up there. You can pick them up on Spotify and you can also pick them up on iTunes. So, 
getting back to what I was saying. In order for us to start, we have to start from the beginning. We always got to start from the beginning. We're not starting from the middle here, what man is doing, how he's messed up, what he's not doing right. We could go on forever talking about men and what they don't do right, what they do right, if we were by today's world. But we're not going in today's world because today's world is the messed up side. Although we have the plan, but we're not getting into the plan. So we're going to start from the beginning of how everything got messed up. And in order for us to do that, we have to go back to Genesis, the beginning of everything. So we're going to go to Genesis and we're going to begin and we're going to, it's going to come from a couple of, I'm going to take it from chapters one and two. And in one and two, you're going to see how man was formed and why he came to be who he is. So we're going to begin in Genesis chapter one. And as usual, I'm reading from the New King James Version, if you want to follow along with me. So I'm going in Genesis 1. I'm going to start with scripture verses 26 to 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds, over the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on earth. So now we're going to jump into Genesis chapter 2, and I'm going to say verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. And the reason why I'm going in 1 and 2, because in 1 it gives you the overall, the overall picture of what God wanted to do when he was creating heaven and earth. And creating man. Now, when we go in chapter two, we're getting into more detail, just specifically honing in on the creation of man. So I read chapter, I read verse seven, how God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life and man became a living being. Now I'm jumping down to verse 15. Then the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree in the garden, you may freely eat. But the tree of the of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in that in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. 18. And Lord God said, it is not good for man that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So here we see, and I read from verse 15 to 18. So here we see that man was formed in the image of God's spiritual and moral likeness, formed from the dust. And then when God breathed into him, he became a living being. Right? So now let's keep going because now we have him. He's here. He's walking around. He's formed and doing everything that he was supposed to do. Right? So here it is. Adam gets a job. That's the first thing God gave him. No, Adam didn't get his wife first. Adam didn't build a family first. 
and then decide, oh, let me start working. Adam was created. He was created for a specific purpose. Adam was created to tend to the earth. And here we have Genesis 2.19. Out of the ground, the the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But Adam, but for Adam, there was no helper comparable to him. So now we jump down. We see God gave him a job. He had to name all of the animals that even exist today. He named them. He had to every leave, every living creature, birds, air, everything. He had to name everything, trees, everything. So now we jump down to verse 21. And Lord, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and opened and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. So this is where we see how Adam gets his wife. Now, Adam gets his wife after he was doing work and after God was watching him, he said, oh, you know what? He's by himself. He's the only one that doesn't have a partner like all the other animals and creatures that I created. I need to give him someone to be with him. So when you think of it from that perspective, Adam was formed from the dust, created in the image, moral and spiritual image of God placed here in the garden on earth to name all the animals, subdue the the land, have dominion over it, have dominion over earth. Then he was given a partner. So in the you see in the first chapter when I said God had formed both him male and female. So that's how he was able to go into Adam's body and take his rib and bring out the woman. Because he had already created them in the one. He had already created them in the one. He just hadn't separated them out. So here we see that when Adam gets his wife, here it is. He's all happy. We jump down to 23. Adam gets his wife. He says, oh, she's bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And that here we have the mandate, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. That was verse 24. So we have the union of the man and the woman. They're joined together. They become one flesh, one flesh, one mind. Because if you're one flesh, if you're one flesh, you're one mind, right? Even though you're separate, you're still supposed to be thinking same thing. Your, your ultimate goal is supposed to still be staring in the same direction. And see, that's where we continue with chapter two, which talks about the emphasis is placed on the creation of man and woman to further demonstrate the importance of man to God. We were given a detailed account of what was expected of both of them and how God communicated with them daily. Adam was supposed to work the garden. 
Eve was supposed to help and tend to the garden with him as well, working together as one in Christ. So here we jump to Ephesians. We jump to Ephesians 5, 25, and then I'm going to read from 28 to 29. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself to her. So husbands were supposed to love their wives, right? Because they were made as one. They were made as one. But also 28. So husbands ought to love their own wives as they love their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. So here we have the comparison. When we get into Ephesians, we have the comparison of the husband loving the wife as Christ loved the church. Like I said, next week, we're going to get into the plan of what was created with the whole downfall of how things went awry in the garden. And I want to save that for next week because I want to talk about not just the plan, but I want to talk about going into why the plan was formulated and how the plan came to be. So I want to save that for Palm Sunday. But we just want to concentrate on Adam and what his purpose was here. If we could just get the purpose of why he was created in the beginning, it gives us a total understanding when we look at things today, why things today aren't working out the way they're supposed to. Because if you see, if you see when we even talked about with women last last week, and we were talking about the women's rights movement and how women want to be the head over everything. No, you were given equal time, equal share, supposed to be of one mind to come to an agreement as to where God wanted everything to be handled here on earth. So we still go through Ephesians, still sticking with the man. And we see that with him loving his wife, him being the head of the household, God being the head over him. Because in the garden, God would speak to them all the time, but God always spoke through Adam because we see in the beginning, Adam was created first. So every direction, every order that should be followed, every detail that should be orchestrated through life comes through the head because the head is supposed to be listening to God. And it's not a slight on women where it's like, well, why does the man have to be in control? You know, it's just God created him first. God created him first. And that's fine. God created him first, but he also created her to be an equal. So if you're both doing your parts, if you're both doing what you're supposed to do in your household, in even at work, and it doesn't even have to be here. We see that God loves family because he made him, he made the woman to be a helpmate, but also to be his wife because they were supposed to be together in order to, um, you know, reproduce and multiply. But even in a work situation, 
And we'll take it out of being because everybody always wants to make it like it always has to be intimate for men and women to get along or to think on one accord or to be able to work together in unison to come to us the same agreement. In a work situation, if everyone sits down and talks about what needs to be done, they know what the objective is. They know what the goal is of the company. If everyone is sitting there keeping in mind what the goal is, then everyone can work together in unison. But when you forget what the goal is, and that's the problem, we lose sight of what the goal is. Because if you think about it, just like in our everyday lives today, we have issues with various things in our life because we don't want to follow instructions or keep in mind what the ultimate goal is, not your own personal goal. Everyone has their own personal goals, yes. But if Christians, and this, this I'm directing at Christians because you can't say it for the world because the world is the world has their ultimate goal. And we see that they're doing what they need to do for themselves and the ultimate world We see they're handling that quite well. But the Christian world, for whatever reason, the church has an issue with following the instructions that were given to us. Now, the Bible was written as a guide to all things pertaining to life. We can go back into that book and find anything happening in our life today. We can see how it happened to somebody else how they handled it. And just because they handled it that way, that's not to say we need to handle it that way. But it gives you, when the stories in the Bible, they give you a guideline to let you know this will happen. And this is how this person dealt with it. And this was their outcome in dealing with it whether it was good or bad, because the Bible's not just filled with everything fluff, happy, oh, we're so, let's la, 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 jump around. No, there are times in the Bible where, yeah, everything was happy and and you're happy and everything went well and you're blessed because when God is in it, it's going to be a blessing. But also when God is in it, if it's a lesson for you to learn, you're gonna learn it. And that doesn't always have to be that you're gonna be happy in the lesson or in the process. So we see in the Bible from the stories that have been given to us, everything in life is in there. I don't care what you're looking for. You read the right story. You dig into it deep enough. You will get, I'm talking about from incest to adultery, to multiple wives, to homosexuality, to stealing to being ill, you know, having um, illnesses. Everything is in being prosperous, being poor, being a ruler, being a servant. Everything is in there. And there's a story that tells you what the person does, how they handle it, the outcome of it. And like I said, it's not that your life is going to go down that same road 
But if you know, if you can see the road, oh, wow, this is what happened to them. This is how they handled it. Then you have options. Well, I don't have to handle it exactly like they handled it. Maybe if I do this or maybe if I do that, because it's not just one person that you see. You can take other people's stories and put it together and be like, okay, well, this is happening to me. But if he did this over here, even though it wasn't the same thing happening to him, but it still had a good outcome, let me try it in my situation. But the problem with a lot of us today is, We don't want to follow instructions. We don't want to follow instructions. We don't want to see what was given to us to follow it, to make sure that it it works in our life. And even there, when we didn't want to follow instructions, even with the downfall, and we'll get, like I said, we'll get into that next week with the garden. We will see how not following instructions got us to where we are today. And we have now a law. The laws were written in the Bible. God put a set of laws to show man how he wasn't able to do everything that he wanted, that God wanted them to do because of the downfall. But even with the laws today, when we look at them, the laws meaning the Ten Commandments, even when we look at them today, none of us don't want to follow those. The simplest of things, nobody wants to follow it. For whatever reason. And no, we're not able to keep all of the laws. And that's why the plan had to be put in place. But even if you just try to keep one or two, thou shalt not commit adultery or thou shalt not steal. Some people follow. Some people don't. Some people follow. Some people don't. So it's. It's. What I'm saying to you all is we see why Adam was created. We see what the role of the man was to work, to have dominion over the earth, to be fruitful and multiply. But for whatever reason, we know the reason, that couldn't just take place. That seemed to not just be enough and... This is where we're ending up where we are today. So when you just think about your life and think about the things that you can be doing or should be doing, it's not that hard. It's hard, but it's not that hard just to follow simple directions of how to interact with people and how to even interact with yourself. It's not that difficult, but we'll see. Next week, as I said, and I know I keep talking about next week because next week is where we're going to see when man disobeyed what God had told him. And it it gives more clarity as to why today people don't want to obey what's being said to them. Because if if Adam couldn't listen to God in the garden and that's where he had everything, it was like paradise. Today, who's going to listen to anybody with everything that we have going on in the world, right? But we had to start someplace. We had to start from the beginning to understand how he had made it to be originally. And we went through the role of the woman. We just finished up the role of man, which was quite simple, quite simple. All you have to do is work and love your wife. How hard is that? How hard is that? Keep a job and take care of your family. How hard is that? 
And today we have some men that just, they just can't do that. They just cannot do that. And I'm not just putting it all on the man. It's just I happen to be talking to the man today, talking about the man today. But simple enough. Just work, have a job, and handle things in the house. And listen to what God says to you. Just follow what God says to you. And we could take that for things that's in our own lives as well. Just follow what God says to you. The simplest of things. The simplest of things. We should just try that. We should just try that. In this holy month of April, in this holy month of April, let's just try, even if it's just one thing. I'm not even asking for a thousand things. If you could just pick one thing and say, you know what? I'm going to follow this every day because this is what God said to do. Just one thing. See if you could commit yourself to the one thing. And next week, we'll talk about the plan. And with that, I think it's time for us to take a music break. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like.
not deny The holy fire that makes me come alive The love that I can't hide It's burning deep inside Wherever I go Wherever I go I've got that good feeling Kicking me out of my chair Dancing like I don't care Thunder waking up the night The sound of living truth Is the beat that makes me move Wherever I go Wherever I go I've got that good feeling Kicking me out of my chair Dancing like I don't care I've got that good feeling The joy of the Lord and I can't contain it
one time to the 512 Niger in the USA. Had to live an immigrant life, mama told me be a light, cause the household got pretty great. The goons were the wrong late night, had to choose my own story, cause I knew it wasn't right. Let me set the stage, around the time I got saved, we was in the same crib, wasn't on the same page. I rap big God, that's still OG. Christ died for the game, now the whole set free. In too deep, that's a lie, don't sleep. Let him take the wheel, switch lanes, new street. You ain't gotta flex off them always. Man got booked, let's turn that page. Put on that act, got stuck on stage. Crazy, but look what he did. I gave him my life, he changed how I live. So you know my all is what I'ma give. Young goat like a kid. I'm born again, but no, not that kid. Don't play games, so boy, I don't care. No longer do the things that I did. I've been changed now and I live. Got a line, whoa, they didn't know. Couldn't believe that he changed my soul. Yeah, whoa, they didn't know. Couldn't believe that he changed got no hope. Got a line, they didn't know. Couldn't believe now I live so bold. Got with someone everywhere that I go. Don't understand, don't keep it on the low. They didn't know Couldn't believe that he changed my soul Yeah, whoa, they didn't know Couldn't believe that he changed, I know Got him like, they didn't know Couldn't believe now I'm living so bold Any within, everywhere that I go Can you make sure I'm pretending to love? Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back You are listening to What Would K Say Here on Radio Free Brooklyn it is t- now time for the part of the show that we call, or what I call, op-ed. And in today's op-ed, now let's think about it. This week has been flooded with information, as is every week. Every week, it seems like there's just so much going on to talk about. But I want to take the what I feel was a highlight to me because what I was like, <gasps> what made me gasp? Let's just put that way. What made me say, oh, are you kidding me? This story made me say, are you kidding me? Now there's several that made me say, are you kidding me? But this one really was the topper of, are you kidding me? We're going to go to the Supreme Court because that is the highest court in the land. So we might as well start at the top, right? And we found that Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, his wife, have been doing a couple of things behind the scenes. And what makes this so significant, what makes this so significant? Now, let's just put it like this. Everything, when it happens, it happens as a single unit, but then when it's put together with the whole big picture, it makes you say, what? So you get a better understanding as to why things took place. So here we have the insurrection on January 6th, you know, when those patriots stormed the White House, figuring they were going to bring justice and democracy back to America. We had that happen. We know what that fiasco was. We're still trying to clean up the mess and they're still trying to find out the information regarding all that. Then on the 19th, when everybody was like, oh, we have to have an investigation for this. We need to look into why this happened. And the Supreme Court voted to see whether they should do an investigation on this whole matter. Now, there's nine Supreme Court justices, right? 
eight of them voted yes and one of them voted no. One being, hmm, Clarence Thomas. He didn't want them to do an investigation of what was going on. So when he, I'm sure back in January 19th, back on January 19th, you know, everybody's wondering why did he not want it to happen? He saw what happened at the White House. Why would he not want it to happen? Because, of course, we didn't know. Fast forwarding, fast forwarding, that they were going to find out that his wife had been texting people in Trump's camp to get them to talk to Pence and everything. She was part of the whole group of, we've got to overturn this election. We've got to make sure that Trump gets back in office. Interesting. Interesting, right? That the wife of a Supreme Court judge, now she knows what her, she knows what her Adam's job is. She knows what his job is. Why would you, knowing what your Adam's job is, do something so contrary to what he has to do at work? Why would you do that? Eve, why would you do that? But here we have it. Had her own agenda. This is what I want done. This is the way it should go. I don't care that he sits on the court. He sits on the court. That's even better for us because when it comes through that he can make the decisions, he'll have the final say of what happens because when it comes through to him, he'll know how to vote. Right. This is what she's thinking in her mind as she's texting away to these people. But now it brings a it brings about a bigger question because people are going to do what people want to do. Right. Bottom line, when you get down to it and strip everybody of all the titles, all the everything, the posts that you put them in, the positions that they sit on, strip it all down. You just have a person. That person's going to do what they want to do. They're not thinking about everything else. They're just thinking about what they want to do. So now we have the Supreme Court justice who allegedly, I guess he's claiming that he that he didn't know his wife was doing this stuff. Hmm. But he happened to fall ill right before all this came out. I don't find that to be a coincidence. I would fall ill too if I found out that my significant other was doing something that was totally contrary to what I was doing that could possibly not only throw me under the bus, but let the bus sit on top of me until I was smashed into the pavement. So... Now we have a Supreme Court justice, and we've never had this happen before. And I say that lightly because we've never had this happen before because technology wasn't the way it is today. She got busted because she was sending text messages. So if we were to roll back, 40 years, let's say 40 years, 
And I'm going to give it 40 years because I want it to be that there's no even we're not even thinking about technology in in the way that we think about it today. Let's roll this back 40 years. How many Supreme Court justices had significant others that was whispering in their ear when it came to legislation? Now, I'm not saying I'm not saying that the Supreme Court justices don't have their own minds and that they don't make decisions based on what they feel the interpretation of the law should be. But just think about it. She got busted because of technology. But that don't mean that back in the day, as kids say, Back in the day, that doesn't mean that letters weren't written, that phone calls weren't made, that luncheons over tea, things weren't discussed. That doesn't mean that. It just means that today you can't get away with what they probably got away with 40 years ago. And that's what people need to keep in mind. You can't keep doing the same old stuff that you used to do before thinking you're not going to get caught. And now what do we do that he's been caught? Well, not him, but his wife. Do we still trust anything that he says when he makes a decision? It makes you scratch your head and say, hmm, did he make that decision because of whatever the because is after dot, dot, dot? It really makes you wonder. Whereas before you might have wondered, but eh, you really didn't wonder because you really wasn't thinking about it like that. But now with all this coming to light, it makes you question. Hmm. Half the decisions he made, was it because of the way she thought? We'd have to go back and pull his record. But even with that, what do you do now with him? Do you still allow him to sit there and make decisions, especially when he voted against having the investigation? That was a red flag. If anything, if he knew that she was texting, he should have said, yeah, let's have an investigation. Just so it would have made him separate himself from the whole fray, right? He could have at least said, well, no, I wasn't aware that my wife was. It would have at least stood you know, like, well, you know, there might be some credibility there because, you know, even though he, even if he knew that she was doing it, he still said, let's investigate, knowing that it was going to come out. But he didn't. He was like, no, I don't want this to be investigated. Let's just leave it alone. Too late. Technology always has a way of bringing everything to the surface. So that's just something we have to think about. What does this mean for our Supreme Court justices going forward? And then we have Katanji, who was sitting there trying to get named to get on the court. And they're beating her overhead with a like Bam Bam with his with his wooden bat. They're just going after her. They're going after her for stuff that she has no control over. But yet we have a sitting justice. I wonder if they're going to go after him and question him about his wife's role. And what he knew and what he didn't know. Let's see how this gets handled. I'm curious. I'm really curious to see how this turns out. Now, I must do a retraction. I spoke last week and said that the law for Emmett Till for the lynching had already been signed into law back in February, Black History Month. But I was mistaken. It was voted upon that they wanted it to be signed into law. 
but Biden just signed it into law May th- March 30th. So for all of you who was thinking about lynching someone, anything now, it's going to be considered a hate crime because I guess you had that little space in between the, it being voted and it being law now. Now it's actually a law. He've just voted it in March 30th. And I don't understand why it takes so long for a law to get, once it's passed through the House and Senate, why does it take so long for him to sign it? And that just brings me back to this. And I know when I say this, people get upset, but I have to keep it in the forefront because this is everything that's going on in our lives right now. COVID testing ran out of money. They had to put another bill in order to keep funding for people to be able to have COVID tests for free. So now you have to take it to the floor for people to decide, for Congress to decide if we should put money into keeping our own American people safe. But yet you could just sign your name across something to send money overseas. And like I said, I understand we don't war world. We don't want World War Three. We don't want this, that and the other. But you know what? I still say you should take care of home first. Just like when they give the when they give the instructions when they're on a plane, if you're with a, lo- a small child and the oxygen mask falls down, put your mask on first because you can't help anybody until you can help and take care of yourself. That's what we should be doing here, too, because we're pumping all this money in and Putin is still running through the Ukraine like it's water. He's still running through because we're still really not doing yes the people are giving putting up a good fight yes they are but let's just think about it how much longer are those people going to be able to endure this constant pounding and no one's going in to fight with them i'm just saying and we all pray for them and we hope that putin comes to his senses and just stops maybe he'll get tired Maybe he'll get tired and distracted with something else and he'll just stop. Let's pray for that, that he just stops. And with that, I'm not even going to talk about Will Smith and the Oscars and all the fiasco that he's doing. I already spoke about it in a, I did a video earlier speaking about it, but I don't even want to talk about that because that action right there was just crazy. It was just crazy. And the way the Academy handled it and everything else. And now I hear he's resigned, but he left. They should have kicked him out. He shouldn't even have had the option of leaving on his own. Once again, he's doing whatever he wants to do, but I'm not even going to get into that. And that ends op-ed. So we have a new month. And with a new month comes a new word. And because this month is so holy, Our word for this month, for this month, (laughs) this month's word is redempted, redemptive. And that means acting to save someone from error or evil. Now, let's keep that in mind. This is a redemptive month. And our promise for the week is going to be from Ephesians 1, 7. In him, we have redemption Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. 
And with that, I say, everyone, keep your mask on because this new variant B, whatever number they have going after it, it's rising in the city. Wash your hands, social distance. Do what you have to do to keep yourself protected. Regardless of whatever opens up, they could open up everything and there's no restrictions on anything. People can go and come as they please. But you as an individual know what's best for you. Do what's best for you. Keep yourself safe. Keep your family safe. It doesn't take the government to tell you what to do to be safe when we've already had practically three years of trying to stay safe. So just keep those practices going. And with that, I say, be safe, be careful, enjoy your Sunday. And until God brings us together again next week, peace. Mm -hmm.